not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. We are now joined by winner of today's Baptist Health Cancer Care 200, driver of the number 42 Nice Motorsports Chevrolet, Carson Hosovar. Carson, you've had quite an impressive season. All right, one second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I said you've had quite an impressive season. You posted your first win in the series at Texas, and now you have your fourth, and you've just punched your ticket to the championship four. So, why don't you um, talk to us about your win and how you're feeling about heading into Phoenix? Uh, I mean, I feel really good. Um, obviously, um, you know, I was really frustrated sometimes throughout the day. Just I knew how fast our, our truck was, how good we were, and how we unloaded. Um, yeah, I worked really hard on on this track alone. Um, you know, per se, I was I was almost working on it for the for the Cup car, um, but didn't uh, didn't get to race. But still wanted to focus on this racetrack. Spent two hours with Josh Wise just before the flight. It was almost late to the flight um, just because we were working on running against the fence. And um, yeah, little did I know that that was going to help me and give me the confidence. You know, we were reeling them in. My lap times were way faster when I went to run the fence. And um, super big, super helpful and appreciative and of, of everything Worldwide Express has done, Nice Motorsports, everybody, that our, our truck was, was that good. And I knew it could be that good. And um, didn't want to see a day like today um, slip away and um, they calmed me down as, as much as they could but I was more just you know I treated this race like it was Phoenix you know you don't get to you know you're not gonna just randomly show up and say we're gonna be perfect this weekend you know I wanted to be perfect before I got there and um, I wasn't perfect um, our weekend wasn't perfect but you know if we hold ourselves to that standard maybe we can get a little bit there and I looked at it like it was a practice for Phoenix and um, yeah, ended up winning and uh, made really good adjustments, really focused on restarts when we got behind and um, able to capitalize, never lost focus. Um, allowed to vent and be mad, um, but when it came time to do a job, we, we did that job. Congratulations. All right, so we're going to go ahead and open it up to questions. We'll go back there to Jared. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. Carson, are you going to call your shot at, at Phoenix like you did uh, this morning on Twitter or on X? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, you know, if we work really well, um, if we work as as much as we have, we'll have a shot. Um, you know, I could be leading with, I could be leading into three coming to the white. Y'all could come out, make the wrong call. Um, you know, when you call your shot, you you end up looking dumb 99% of the time. So. Um, this team's plenty capable to win the championship, but there's plenty of other teams that are capable of winning it. So we're going to focus up and um, work like we have today. You know, all the hard work was the weeks in advance. You know, I said that coming to the green. Um, all the hard work's at the shop, all the hard work's in the sim. Um, we just get to take advantage on these days of our hard work. Um, so that's that's what we're going to do when we get to Phoenix. You know, we you know, work as hard as we can, and, um, you know, we focus on Phoenix I've focused on Phoenix ever since I left Phoenix last year, so um, I've tried to just prepare and make myself as perfect as I, I can be. So with that focus, though, that did that help you with Homestead to focus on the Truck Series, not running the Cup Series this weekend, or was it just what was the decision behind that, not uh, racing in the Cup Series for uh, Legacy? Uh, it wasn't wasn't my decision, um, but you know they've helped me so many times in so many races this year. Um, to, to be able to be fortunate enough to get in that car. Um, you know, they, they did Spire a big favor by letting me drive that car. And, you know, they, you know, I'm a bit of unknown. Um, driving the Cup Series obviously somewhat looks like a smart decision for how we ran, but at the time I didn't think, you know, a lot of people would have said that. And super thankful for them. And, you know, they got the opportunity between Toyota and Chevy to, you know, do a favor for them. And, um, you know, this was the race they, they allowed John Hunter to get in a Chevy, and, um, you know, it would be very, very selfish of me to ask them to hurt themselves next year to, to not race. Selfishly, I want to race, but 
um, very thankful still to them that they allowed me to, to run as many races as I have. And, um, you know, I still have two more for them, but, um, yeah, super, super big. And I get to be able to celebrate now and, you know, not, um, you know, have a cup race in between. You just get to go to Martinsville and focus and then go to Phoenix. Thank you. We'll go right back there. Trenton, uh, FrenchStretch.com. Uh, Carson, you know, we've heard you talk about throughout the year and stuff of how much growing you've done as a driver and maturity and stuff. Um, now that you can actually go to the um, Final Four and Battle Four Championship, how have you as a driver grown over the last year or so after everything that you've been through? Man, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been really easy lately. Not per se, like performance-wise, but just easy at um, making the the right decisions. You could see them before they happen. Um, not losing control, not losing desperation. Um, you know, I, I've I've been told all my life go slower to go faster, and I thought that was the dumbest saying ever. And none of it made sense at all to me. But um, still 20, but I'm I'm learning that. Um, and, and seeing it with my own eyes, you know, I had to see, believe, see to believe I'm, I wasn't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm bad at taking advice, you know, I got to sort of find out on my own, and um, luckily I did, and um, we've gone a lot faster since, you know, as, as weird as that is to, to think about. Are there, we'll go right up here to Lee. Carson, we talked about your mom at, at Charlotte, and... You know, just wondering the name of this race and all, uh, given what you went through, what your family went through, does it bring extra meaning to winning this race? Yeah, it it does. Um, probably more to my mom than anything. Um, they hid it from me for the longest time, so I never never got to, to be scared or anything. Um, you know, cancer is a, a scary word, and my mom had uh, breast cancer, and I didn't uh, I didn't know about it till like three years ago. I found out by accident when I was just in the doctor's office, I think it was actually, it may have been last year, I think it was for my foot, they were asking something like if I had a um, family medical history, my mom's like, I, 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 I've had breast cancer, and I was, I was like, what? Like, I had no clue about it. Um, so I never, you know, they lied and said it was pneumonia, so I never had to, to worry or do anything, and at six years old, you don't even know how to say pneumonia, so it was super easy for nobody to question what what I was saying so um yeah it's it's special but I think it's gonna be more special for my mom just I never had to I never had to worry till I just was told I was like oh okay <laughs> luckily I never had to have those hard conversations and she's been by my side and almost never missed a race yeah <laughs> I, I'll I'll take Phoenix if we can ha have it but um I know this trophy's probably gonna to be at the shop as all all trophies but um you know hopefully we'll get some small ones made by the end of the year and um you know definitely if we win the championship i'm gonna have a, a little bit of bonus money to 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 catch up on trophies sounds good are there any other questions for carson we'll go to dustin dustin long nbc sports you talked earlier just about uh, josh wise um what kind of an impact has has he made in in, in 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 your performance and just your growth as a person? Super big. I mean, he's um, I wouldn't call him a sports psychologist, but he does jack of all trades. He's plenty smart enough to be one, and um, he's so helpful. You know, I don't I don't uh, I don't take advantage of him as much as everybody else. You know, I I like to learn and, and do my own homework and kind of sit back and, and be quiet and you know as weird as that is you know I'm about as loud as it gets but um, per se like I don't like to be in big rooms um, with his conference meetings and I kind of like to s stick to myself and, and do my own homework I, I watch racing I live and breathe and dream and daydream and, and everything about racing but you know the second I call Josh he uh, you know he'll meet me at 6:30 a.m. at this little coffee shack, and we'll sit there and look at SMT for two hours and talk and talk life and talk racing. And so he's he's been a big help. And he texted me asking um, if I wanted to do some sim before Homestead, and I knew it was gonna be tight making my flight, but uh, I knew it was worth it. Had to hold up my my cruise flight, and um, but I think it was it was well worth it. And um, even after practice, I felt super good. You know, even learned a little bit of different things, and even I probably 
just trying stuff taught him a thing or two about the racetrack that he maybe he doesn't didn't know just because he doesn't drive them anymore obviously but he's been a huge help um you know even right after practice i texted him saying hey i any dates you got you know any openings i, I want to work on phoenix with you like just sit there and talk and run laps even if you know we did 200 laps just sitting there talking and i'd burn laps talking to him and even talking you know i wasn't focused on driving i was just driving and letting instincts take over and you know it kept my mind fresh so he's been huge you talked about how you like to study on your own and do your own thing. So when you work with him or somebody else, how does that open your mind or open ideas to different ways of doing things on the track or different ways of approaching it or going in the corners different or, or taking different lines or, or trying different things at different points in races? How does that kind of, as somebody who maybe studied more on your own, have somebody to confide with or talk with how does that change it changes just you know he he looks at it from a different perspective he looks at it from a racer perspective but at the same time a disconnected racer so you know i know exactly how these things are and you know he might have that out of the box idea you know where a lot of times racing just monkey see monkey do you know everything's eventually developed a little bit over time and you know that's why these guys are so good now you know you try one thing a lot, almost every single time. You go faster by finding something by accident. Um, so you know, if he's talking and giving me ideas that are out of the box, um, just because you know he doesn't know what works and what doesn't. You know, he he sees it, but he's always trying to think of new ways. And he's uh, completely open to me that he loves when people try new ideas. He loves finding new ways to go fast. And um, you know, there's specific ways that I thought could go fast in one end of the corner here and. Um, I was confident, and I was like, man, don't tell everybody. Um, but at the same time, you know, running the fence, he taught me a lot. You know, I went, I picked up half a second from where we started the sim session to where we ended just by just burning laps. He would tell me a little bit, all right, just a little harder. You know, try this, try this. And, you know, I just allowed myself to crash a few times at the wall, um, but just, just a fresh mind to, to bounce ideas off of. And a lot of times I'll call him when I have an idea, and, you know, he'll shoot me straight and, think if it's worth attempting or thinking about it or maybe he likes the idea which gives him an idea that might be even better do we have any final questions the what yeah yeah I think so all yeah right. and Davidson yeah all right thanks for your time and good luck uh, in two weeks thank you is that it that's all We are joined by winner of tonight's Contender Boats 300, driver of the number one junior motorsports Chevrolet, Sam Mayer. Uh, Sam, you posted your first win of the season, I mean, earlier this year, fourth win this um, season. You've punched your uh, playoff ticket, or Champ 4 ticket, so how are you feeling heading into these last couple of weeks of the season? Yeah, it feels really good to be in this opportunity to begin with. Uh, our Accelerate Camaro, Hux Camaro, was really fast today. It's been the fast last couple of weeks, primarily on road courses. So getting that first oval win is uh, really big. That was my biggest roadblock going into this. Uh, the last little bit of the playoffs is like we have no more road courses, so it's like less confidence. But we finally won on an oval, and my confidence finally is broken through and feels really good. Awesome. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start right over here. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. So if you need confidence, how much confidence or little confidence did you have you were going to be able to hold off Riley? <laughs> you know, so like eight to go or whatever. It was like, uh, you have a big lead, you're fine. It's like clear by 15. And then I look up in the mirror with like four to go, and he's like right there. I'm like, oh, shit, how did that happen? And, I, I mean, Kevin was like, I got your mirrors. Just focus up front. He didn't tell me anything about the 98 coming until like four to go. So... I uh, started driving extra hard. I don't think I took a breath the last eight laps. I was uh, pretty gassed when I got out of the race car for the uh, USA interview, but <laughs> it uh, feels really good. I'm calmed down now, but uh, getting this win on this oval going into Phoenix is, is huge. All right, we'll go to Jordan. Um, Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, you know, beginning of this year, there was, you know, when kind of the question was, was like, when is Sam going to take that next step, right? And 
you know, he didn't come until maybe the summer, and then you win the road course, now you win the oval. Do you feel like, kind of to Bob's question, like you kind of feel like you've kind of come into your own now, and you're, you know, you've won four of the last 12 races? Is that what it is? Yeah, four of the last 12. Oh, my God, that's crazy. But do you, I you, love that. But do you feel like now, I mean, you're, you're one of those guys that people are looking at, and it's no longer potential, but now you're fulfilling that potential. Yeah, definitely. That, that, hearing that stat is pretty cool. I didn't even realize that. That's awesome. But, yeah, that's a heck of a confidence booster. Um, there is doubts in my head. Obviously, any race car driver that hasn't won yet and they expect to win or are expected to win, uh, you get that doubt. But busting off that first win in the summer, had a really good summer stretch going, and then we kind of fell off in the playoffs a little bit and busting off two more wins going into that. And then, obviously, the fourth today, uh, finally on an oval, that um, the confidence is just building up and up and up. And, um, huge thanks to the guys. Obviously, they've worked their tails off this year. We struggled earlier in the year. We we acknowledge that, and uh, our race cars have gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better as a driver. I've learned a lot more, good and bad, um, and it's kind of pushed us to this point in the season where we're really coming on at the right time. All right, we'll go to Zach. Zach Sterniello, NASCAR.com. Sam, congratulations. Um, as you look at where you are right now in your career, obviously you announced a few weeks ago you're going to be back at this ride next year. Did that, get, getting that done, signed, did that do anything for you mentally to um, maybe loosen you up a little bit where you knew, you okay, I'm not, I'm not auditioning anymore and I, I, know, I know what I'm doing for the next 365 days? Yeah, I mean, okay, I don't the, first, the first one came out. The first win came like before the contract was signed or even talked about. There was massive doubt, especially in my head, for the first eight months of the season. Eight eight months of the season. And um I had no deal. There wasn't even we weren't even close to having a deal. And um got that first win, started being really strong throughout the summer, talk started to happen. That kind of pushed me even harder, got the second win, got the third one, and the contract being signed is just a huge thing off my shoulders, obviously, I think more subconsciously than anything. Um, but being locked up for next year and you want to go into the rest of the year like wanting to do a lot and then you can back it up next year instead of just, oh, we'll do it next year. You want to do it now. Getting the win today, did you feel like this was going to be your opportunity, or did you feel like Martinsville was was uh, going to suit your style more? I have been doing short tracks for the last five years, six years. Like that's all I've been doing, just because of age. And uh, so I felt really good going to the short tracks, and Martinsville, obviously being the shortest one we go to, I feel good about it. We've had good runs there, top fives, top tens, like pretty average for my short, short track stuff, um, it's hard because, like, it's, it's a crapshoot half the time because you can have the fastest car, get bumped out of the way of the last lap, and uh, not be racing for the championship the next day. So you want to go in there without being in a must-win. You want to go in there solid in points above the cut line at the very least because if you're below it, it's so hard to claw back up. Anything can happen there. Uh, you feel good about it, but I felt like today – this race at Homestead, I had, I just for some reason had just so much confidence going into this one. I've, I put about 12 hours of film work in the last seven days just for this racetrack. I watched every race of the Xfinity Series all the way back to 2017 when Cole won, and um, because I was sizing up my competition. Obviously, John Hunter's been here for a long time. Cole's been here for a long time. These are all veterans that I have to race against. Obviously, the Double Zero was arguably better today. Um, but we stayed clean and uh, did our job right and came out with the win. Back there. Hi, hi, Alex Edelman, The Atlantic. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, that you've learned some like some lessons over the course of the year, some good ones, some hard ones. I'm curious if you could double click on that and you know maybe talk about some of those lessons that you've learned. Yeah, I mean I that's a huge broad spectrum of of what I can learn in one season. Obviously, I've been here long enough that I should know a lot of things, but even people like Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, they're learning something and developing every single day. You never stop soaking in inf information. Whether the tracks change as you go three, four years to them or whatever, but I'm just learning a lot about my racecraft and how hard I can push these race cars because I think in years past, I've 
pushed them pretty hard and then it wasn't quite right and then I've overstepped it trying to make up for it and then I make a mistake. And I think this year I finally found that happy medium of pushing really hard without going over the limit every lap. All right, Lee. Thank you. Lee Spencer, Catch Fence. Um, so having won this race and, you know, yes, you wouldn't run solid at Martinsville, keep your mojo up, right? But you're still looking for your first top 10 at in Xfinity at Phoenix. And, you know, 11th isn't going to cut it with those kids, um, you know, once you get there. So do you immerse yourself? You know, do you go back to the films? Do you go back to sim? Do you just use every possible tool you have between now and then to make yourself a formidable opponent? Yeah, I mean, starting tonight on the plane, I'm going to download the 2017 Phoenix race for Xfinity and just watch it. Like, I know that's not the camp race. It's a little different. I'm going to watch every race in the last six years just to try to learn about the racetrack, about what they're going to do, everything. Like, that starts tonight. And uh, I acknowledge that I haven't been very good there. You can look at my truck stats and ARCA stats. <laughs> they're not much better. <laughs> I have a lot of starts there, and none of them are good. They're all mediocre. And it wasn't a lack of effort. It was just a lack of just putting a full race together. Like last year in the fall, we were running 6th or 7th, and we got wrecked by the 18th. So, I mean, it's just part of part of learning and developing and putting yourself in a better spot. Obviously, with the Champ 4 stuff, here you have that chip on your shoulder. You're like, man, we're, we're coming here racing for a championship. So that, I think that automatically propels you to be better. Um, but I have to go out there and actually do it. Right over here. Dennis Bueno, Kaplan News. First of all, Sam, congratulations on the victory. I know it was a huge one for you. Now you're in the championship four, and after this doubleheader, you are the second 20-year-old driver to get a victory. Carson Osbar doing it earlier today for the truck series. So now how do you mentally prepare as a young driver proving himself in this series as you move towards your first bit of championship experience at Phoenix in a couple weeks? Yeah, this is a whole other animal, like obviously being in the round of eight last year, missing the play or the champ four by a good bit because we just didn't have a, a solid enough spread of weeks. Uh, we did the same thing in the round of 12 this year, and I was like, oh, man. And then we won the roll. So, like, I feel like we just have that get-after-it mentality where we got we got to go win it, we're going to go win it. Like, really, we felt like today was – wasn't a must win, but you, like I said, you don't want to go to Martinsville begging for points. So every race that we said we had to win, we, we went out there and won it. So we're going to go say the same thing at Phoenix and try to kick some tail. All right, we're going to go to Dustin and then Greg. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. remember talking with you before you made your series debut, and you talked about all the goals and the extremely high goals that you set. Um, when you go through before this recent period of all the success, when you go through some of the challenges, you know, what is, how do those goals push you or do those goals hinder you? Because obviously those, those are very big, big things that you hope to accomplish in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I walked into the Xfinity Series expecting the same stuff as the ARCA Series, and I think it was just skewed from what I experienced. And I think throwing the last two years away, um, starting my career like in June of this year, like just adding all that back up, I feel like I'm finally starting to do exactly what I planned on doing. So you just gotta gotta give me some time. It was the same stuff in the trucks. It took me seven starts in the trucks to win. Uh, I was close in every single one of them, but I finally popped one off. And same with Arca stuff. Like when I was first getting to those faster racetracks like Dover, Gateway, all that stuff in the Arca car, it took me a year, year and a half to get good. And then once we did, we were unbeatable like Xfinity 10G. So we just got to go out there and give you some time, and then once we do it, we'll be fast. And I understand there are a lot of factors that lead to whether you're successful or not. So when you look at kind of that point of the last year and a half before you got to this June reset, I know it can be as much on the team, it can be on the cars, it can be on the competition stepping up. Why did it, looking back, why do you feel like it, maybe a little bit longer reset period as compared to ARCA, compared to trucks, because obviously good opportunities also there. Yeah, I think it was, it's just a whole nother animal. And like you look at the cup side, it's, it's a whole nother animal compared to this. So um, I got to figure myself out too. And I think I kind of came into my own this year, obviously. Um, but if I want to go cup racing one day here in the next couple of years, hopefully, 
uh, I gotta go like three times as hard as I'm going now, and I feel like I'm at my max now, so I got I gotta get better. Um, right now I'm good enough for Xfinity, but um, I'm always learning and trying to get better, and I think that this year has propelled me light years ahead. So what do you think of the thought in two weeks you could be this series champion? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, it feels really good because obviously four wins is pretty respectable. Granted, they all came late, but better late than ever. And hopefully we go to Phoenix and get number five and a championship because that would be that cap off the season really well. I'll go to Greg and then back up to Zach. Uh, GregEnglecupScene.com. How much of an advantage uh, is it to have an extra week just to focus on Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced it before, so it'll be new to me too, but I think it'll help us a lot because obviously we're going to do our best to go out there and keep our momentum going in the Martinsville, but like I said earlier, it's like tonight I'm watching Phoenix racing. I'm My mindset is already there, trying to get better at that racetrack, and we'll take a little break from it and go to Martinsville. So um, it's just, it allows you to focus on something greater. Zach? You talked about kind of throwing those first two years away and everything kind of away from, uh, but like before June, without going through what those two years were and to where you're, you are now, how does that shape how you view and appreciate the moments like this now where you are uh, the only one locked in right now um, for this championship four? Yeah, I mean, it puts in perspective how, how much you have to work. Like I feel like I'm a way different driver than I was two years ago. I'm a way different driver than I was a year ago. I, I'm constantly learning, developing, and getting better. And I think finally, once I opened up that shell of just winning, um, I was able to soak in so much more information through just myself and all the people and uh, items around me. And with uh, FrenchRace.com, um, you talk about watching film and everything for Phoenix. Uh, uh, being as young as you are and stuff, you know, where, where's the balance in that and not, you know, I guess over doing it and not having time to decompress and, you know, focus on, you know, other things while also maintaining focus on the race itself instead of just, like, being overwhelmed with that. Yeah, I think subconsciously I'll I'll allow myself to decompress the way I want. I uh, probably on Monday I'll go out and play a round of golf or something like that, just, just be in my own space. And I can do that as much as I want now because I can just go focus the next 14 days on Phoenix. But um, – I think that being the way I am, I can never get enough of video. Like like I said, I put probably 10 to 12 hours of film work into this week, and it paid off. So I'm going to do the same for Phoenix. Are there any final questions for Sam? Dustin? Did you tire about looking at the last six years of, of, of the race? Why, why six? Why not five? Why not four? Is it a magic number? What, what is it for you? That, that seems like that's a lot of extra work. Yeah, I think a big big thing out of it is Homestead is just a very entertaining racetrack to watch. Um, and I watched, I think the first one I watched was 2020, the doubleheader. Uh, then 2021, 2022, and then I started getting back. I wanted more, so I started going back, and I just, I didn't stop because I was enjoying what I was watching, and I was learning stuff as we went. So, plus I was sizing up the competition for what we had because these guys have been around here that long, and... Um, so I'm just soaking up as much information as I can. Yeah, I've already I've already watched. I mean, this was weeks ago now, but I've already watched the 2017 Phoenix race just because I wanted to. Like I I entertain myself by watching racing, and it worked this week. My <laughs> it can work at Phoenix too. Well, that was, that was like, the best race that you could watch because that was back when the PJ wasn't put back down for the spring. So that was just kind of learning and, and trying to soak up as much information while I had nothing to do one day. Any final questions? Let's go back up to Lee. Just curious, being from Wisconsin, is there anybody there that you emulated out of the, you know, I mean, going back from Dick Trickle on, was there somebody that caught your attention that 
inspired you to be here? Yeah, I mean, I've been racing since I was four years old, and ever since then I've been focusing pretty much 100% on myself, just trying to be a better race car driver, trying to better myself. And along the way, you look at old video people, drivers, legends, all that. Um, but really, I don't consider myself like a focus on Wisconsin. I, I just focus on everything. And a lot of the greats are from Wisconsin. It's a hotbed for short track drivers and, and NASCAR drivers. But um, I don't think it's any different from Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, all that. All right, Sam, thank you for your time. Congratulations and good luck in Phoenix. Go ahead and get started with our post-race media availabilities. We're joined by our winning car owner, Joe Gibbs, and uh, winning crew chief, Adam Stevens. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, open up the questions. Please raise your hand. We'll get our wireless mic to you. We'll start over here with Jordan, and we'll work over way to Lee and, Zach and Bob. We'll get you guys. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, this question's for Adam. You guys are 22nd after stage two. Um, frustrations are running high. Kind of take me through what you're thinking at that point, and did you envision like even a win was on the table? No, I wasn't thinking win at that point. You know, we uh, were decent in the first stage. What did we finish? Eighth or ninth? Um, and we'd gone forward. We lost some lo little speed in our car, a little balance late on tires, and we tried to make a little bit bigger adjustment um, to to help our balance, and, and it was absolutely dead wrong. Um, it, it hurt it. It doubly hurt it on bo the both problems we were trying to fix. So we really paid the price the entire second stage, and thankfully stayed on the lead lap somehow. Um, it was bad. So um, the pressure was on to get that adjustment out of there at the end of stage two, um, and actually we did most of it at, on the green flag stop. and. Uh, and got a little bit better and, and then uh, kind of closed the gap at the stage three break. And um, he had a great restart at the start of stage three and uh, passed 10 or 12 cars there pretty quick. And and you could see that we woke the car back up. So um, still wasn't quite thinking to win yet, but, uh, man, the more you pile on his shoulders, that seems like the better he does. You you have experience dealing with drivers who can get animated on the radio. <laughs> um, when you hear Christopher kind of like that, it just it, what, what's your reaction to that? Just kind of let it go, or do you, do you just how do you handle that? Felt like home. Uh, no, it, it, you know, sometimes he lets uh, a little bit of emotion come out, and sometimes you need to. Uh, you know, I scream my full head off on the box sometimes, and don't key the mic. Um, you got to let it out, you know. And uh, he was in a a bad spot. We put him in a bad spot, and he was driving his pants off and um, I was just trying to give him information of where the leader was to, so he didn't lose sight of it. Um, I didn't want him to be on our bumper and him be surprised by it. So um, yeah, you, sometimes you got to tell them things they don't want to hear and sometimes they're going to tell you things that maybe you don't want to hear. Part of it. And the last question is for Joe. Joe, Martin today, another you know disappointing result and the frustration seems to be at least building, at least from the outside. What, what your reaction to that and kind of what you say to the team? No, I think it shows you how hard our sport is. We had a, such a disappointment with the 11. Then he cut a tire down. I felt like he was fast. Martin qualified on a pole. I thought we had a chance, you know, with that car. But it just a series of circumstances and then lose the, lose the motor. It shows you how hard <laughs> our sport is because those were t the two cars that for a while for us were up front. And it also shows you that in sports, and particularly in our sport, the 20 was an example of just never giving up and just keep fighting because, I mean, it went all the way to the second stage where, you know, you don't really think that car is going to make much of a, uh, a dent in things today. And when we're going to Phoenix with the second year in a row with Christopher, it's exciting for us. He's a young guy, and to see this promise and the way he and Adam work together, I think also going to Phoenix will be emotional for us. I think of Coy and everything last year, and also JD in there. Those two guys spent their entire lives building our race team. And so, anyway, thrill for us to get a chance to do this. And we just had real disappointments with two of our cars, but the good news is they, they both are good at Martinsville. Okay, we'll go over here to Lee. 
spencercatchfence.com. Adam, knowing what Bell did last year and then to win when he absolutely had to today, what does that say of the strength of the 20 team and, and the caliber of your driver? Yeah, you know, uh, Bell's a generational talent in this sport. You know, he is as good as they come. He's still learning. Um, we're still learning each other as a team. And if you get him close, he can get the job done. We've proven it time and time again. Um, we got to do a better job as a team and as a company keeping him in contention. Uh, and when we do that, he's able to claw his way up there and make stuff happen like the great ones do. And, and Coach, you kind of touched on this, but I know from the minute that you have gotten into NASCAR, you said the hardest thing for you to get used to, there's only one winner and 39 losers or, you know, whatever the car count is every week, right? Um, but when it's your own team and you see, you know, the highs of, of Bell and then Denny and Martin, you know, being a coach, how do you pump those guys up going into this, the penultimate race of the season? Yeah, I think it's got a lot to do with character, the people that you have in those positions. And I think both Denny and Martin, have. that's why we're so fortunate. Those two guys are veteran guys. And in our competition meetings, they're talking, and I think Ty and Christopher are listening to a lot of it, and it's really helped us. But I think it goes back to character and selecting people on your team today, Adam and Christopher, they don't give up. And I know Denny and Martin won't either. It's just amazing sometimes what can happen in a sport to have the 19 do what it did in regular season. You don't luck out on that. That was 26 weeks and won it by a bunch. And so it shows you what can happen in, in sports. It's the greatest reality show in the world because we don't know. And I think as fans, that's why we all like it. We don't know. And so uh, just thrilled to be a part of it. God's blessed us with a lot of great people, really. Go ahead, Bob. And then Jeff. Bob Packers, Fox Sports. Uh, Coach, so do you look at today as a good day because you won, or do you look at it with extremely mixed feelings because of the 11 and 17? And then if the 11 and 17 don't make it, how would you evaluate the season if the 20 is the only, quote-unquote, only car that you have in the championship? <laughs> I think it's hard to get in the Final Four. I'll tell you that. And, uh, you know, I don't think anything's a given. And certainly the 19, all they did in regular season, like I mentioned, and as good as they are, but we've had real disappointments with with everything that's happened. I think uh, the 11's been pretty consistent up until the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, I think you, you're looking at it as, I think the great thing is we got three cars from our team that have a chance. And so we still got a chance. That's the way we look at it. You know, I think we're going to Martinsville. It's going to be, you know, a classic, I'm sure. But we do have a chance when we go there with both Denny and, and Martin. Okay, come over here to Jeff. Then we'll go to Zach, Dustin, and then in the back. Um, Coach, you know, Bell has now won three pretty pressure-packed races here in the playoffs the last couple of years. I mean, two eliminations and one today, which, you know, with somebody chasing him down. Um, what, what kind of mentality does it take for athletes to perform at sort of a different level and not let the outside noise creep in and affect them in, in those kind of situations? I think that's what we all look at and say, how many guys want to drive cars? How many guys are racing late models? How many get a chance to come up here? And then it winds up being only a small number can really, really get it done when they have to get it done. And it's so hard sometimes, like Christopher, it's only his fourth year, you know. He got thrown in the first year, and we had no practice because of COVID, and we were just throwing him into racetracks, and, you know, he was able to, he and Adam, to work through all that. Then he comes back the second year, and then he kind of gets his feet on the ground and takes off. The great thing there is how young he is. And I, I think Adam said it. You know, I think Adam's done a great job of bringing him along. And uh, I think he's got great confidence in Adam's. That certainly helps. And so I think it's, 
what it says is that something that could I, I told him we put a saddle on Christopher and ride him for 20 years okay <laughs> 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 go over here to Zach com. Adam, for you, um, the resiliency of this 20 team. Um, obviously, a, a stinging loss last week, uh, being as close as you guys were, and then you lose the, the lead on pit road late today, have to retake it all after getting the balance right on, on the car late. What does it say about the resilience of, re- resiliency of Christopher, of this 20 team as a whole, and um, what lessons have been learned along the way to get to this point? Yeah, I, I think it's important that, uh, you know, last week stung, but by the time the plane landed, we were over it and focused on the next thing. You know, um, we still had a great day, uh, had a great weekend there. You know, we just couldn't keep the lead on that last stop and, and couldn't get out of the box and spin on our tires, and <clears throat> you have to do all those things um, when it comes down to it. And, you know, we didn't – It we uh, were, you know – miffed that the opportunity got away, but we weren't miffed at our part in it. You know, that just happens in professional sports. And then it was a matter of digging in and then on to the next one. And, you know, I, I tell the guys all the time that, you know, you can't look backwards. You, you can't dwell on it. And you have to really do your best to pull the good stuff out of the weekend and leave the bad stuff. You know, even on your most dismal weekend, there's something that you learned or something that was good or done well that you can remind the guys of, remind yourself of, and, and build off of. And, um, you know, that's something that we all need to, to remind ourselves and, and stay focused on. But it's critically important because if your only goal is – the goal is always to win, but if that's the only way that you appease yourself, um, you're going to be miserable, and it's going to pile up, and you're going to make bad decisions. So, um, you know, you have to pull those good things out of those weekends, and I think uh, we did a good job of that. And, um, you know, the, the pit stops, um, <clears throat> we didn't want to lose the lead, uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't the cleanest stop, but we only lost two, and we had good short run speed, and Bell manned up and got it done. That, um, you have to have days like that, and, I, and I'm proud that we had one today. Okay, we'll come here to Dustin, and then we'll take the last question in the back. Dustin Long, NBC Sports, I have questions for both of you, but for you, Adam, um, can you give me a sense of perspective of, of another time where you guys were seemingly so far off in a race and able to come back and win? I, the one thing that comes to mind immediately since we're here at Homestead is 2019 because I think going into the, the race, I think everybody kind of figured you guys were the fourth of the four. But hey, you came out the champion. Can you give me a sense of perspective of how what today compares and yeah, how I mean, you... 2019, I didn't really feel that. Maybe in practice, but when the race was going, I, I felt like we were close, um, and we were, uh, and we were up there all day, really. So the one that comes to mind for me is Chicago. I want to say it was 2018. Uh, it was the Dale Jr. Slide Job race with the uh, with the five, I think. Um, we ran a- around mid-pack tail end of the lead lap most of the day and clawed our way up to like 10th or 11th and um, I think there were only maybe 14 on the lead lap roughly at the time and I I told him I got no interest in running 10th or 11th you know we're going to call a timeout on here and and make some changes and we pulled packer and added packer and adjusted shocks and double wedge and track bar and everything and he just started passing cars um, and, and drove it up there to the front and won that race. And that was a little bit like today where there was, I mean, middle of the race, we were out of it and then called our way back forward. And, Joe, um, obviously you've got one car at Phoenix. Uh, you know, you still could obviously have two. Realistically, if you have another, it might only be just one. Um, and understanding that what happens on the track can't compare with what you and your family went through last year. Right. Are you even, I don't know, say looking forward to Phoenix, or how do you approach the idea that Phoenix is coming up on the calendar with this different things? Yeah, I think um, that's, a, that's a good question. I would say that there's going to be part of that. We'll be remembering things that happened. And um, part of it was, hey, I think Heather said that's the happiest she's seen Coy that night, everything that happened on the racetrack. So anyway, I, and I think 
obviously a big part of it will be us focused on if the 20 cars there and if we are fortunate enough to get somebody else. I always talk to our team and everything about the fact that we've been 31 years and we only have five championships on the back wall. And we're, that's how hard it is. And this sport is really, really hard because there's so much to it. And if you've got a weak part of your race team, the playoffs will find it. And so, uh, yeah, I think there'll, there'll be some memories there for sure. Okay, we'll wrap with one last question in the back back here. Trent with uh, FrenchRush.com. This can be for either one of you guys. Um, you know, it's touched on how Christopher Bell has come up in the past uh, two seasons uh, to get into the championship and everything. You know, what is it? You know, you talked about his ability and everything, but what is it about this part of the year that um, he just can get it done in that in those scenarios, um, having having to win? And also, we hear a lot about the first buy from the winner at Las Vegas. Uh, how are you guys approaching Martinsville uh, with? prepping the car for Phoenix. Are you guys not really throwing it out the window, but are you guys a little bit more relaxed than the Martinsville now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. Um, you know, we had some setup stuff that we wanted to try there um, that we got pretty low confidence in. Um, now we have the ability to do that. Uh, so I think we'll probably do that, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll find something that can really help us for next year. But um, if we have the ability to get up there and race for the win, uh, we'll certainly not turn it away, uh, but if it's not our day, it's not our day, and uh, we're not going to let that bother us. But we need to go have a good safe race, a good clean race on pit road, and, and build a little momentum um, on that side of it uh, for Phoenix. Uh, but, you know, as far as what makes Christopher great in these pressure situations, um, he, he just loves it. He, you know, he, he loves trading paint and racing for the win, and the closer you can get him to the front, um, you know, the better he does. And that's just the, the makeup of a, a real racer and, and somebody who was born to do this. All right. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Rowdy Mad Guy Show. I know we had Carson. We had Sam Mayer on uh, with Joe Gibbs. <laughs> 31 years, five championships. That's a long stretch. But... Hey, it's a hard to win the championship. Championships, guys, it's not, it's not an easy task in Cup. So uh, I'm going to tell you, I was at the race at Homestead. I wouldn't have given you a plug nickel halfway in the race for Christopher Bell, but, boy, did they get the adjustments made for that car. Uh, <clears throat> the Xfinity race, guys, they lay up on this track. And you can see the black marks Saturday afternoon with Xfinity. Then when the, uh, they repainted it fresh for Friday, uh, Sunday morning, and I'm telling you what, it was back exactly like it was on Saturday. Black marks all around the outer turns where they lay up on the wall. That's what makes Kyle Larson uh, so popular. I mean, they, they love that track, you know. It, it's it's where you can get up six inches off the wall and run, and if you do hit it, uh, they was look there was a lot of scratched up right panel cars at that track. A lot of their uh, decals that wrap was rubbed off all around them cars. So uh, Christopher Bell, let's listen to Christopher Bell win a victory lane there in the deadline room. Okay, we'll go ahead and continue our post-race media availabilities. We're now joined by our race winner, driver of the number 20, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, Christopher Bell. We'll go ahead and open it up to questions. We'll go ahead and start with uh, Zach this time. Zach Sterniello, NASCAR.com. Congratulations, Christopher. Um, to get this win here today, wh what does it say about the resiliency of you, this 20 team, um, with as far off as the balance was early? Um, obviously, a close loss last week. You lose the leadoff pit road there late, but you still come through to get the win. What does it say about the resiliency of this 20 team? It says a lot, that's for sure. Um, wow. I mean, today was just a, a whirlwind for sure to be able 
well, not to be to be able to overcome and, and to be in that bad of a spot. I mean, I was probably what a quarter straight away from going a lap down. Uh, it was just incredible the difference a couple of pitch stop adjustments will will do to your car. And you know, I've always been one that uh, says that the car is everything. You know, the, the driver's job is to maximize the car. And if the car's fast, you do good. If the car's slow, you do bad. And uh, I think today was the epitome of that. Uh, my car was, we, we were really struggling, and I was the slowest car on the track at one point in the race. And then uh, a couple good adjustments later, and we became one of the fastest ones. Okay, we'll go over here to uh, Jordan, and then we'll come up here to Holly, and then back. Oh, over here too. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic, to your right. Uh, you're 22nd after stage two. Like, I mean, frustrations are high. So are you thinking at that point, just what are you thinking at that point? You're not thinking win, right? No, heck no. I, I mean, I can't even say I was thinking of a win any point in the day except uh, the last maybe 10 laps. Um, but it was just uh, insane, the difference that the car was. So even from stage one to stage two, you know, it's, it's no secret that this is not my favorite racetrack in the world, uh, and I've had my fair share of struggles here. But stage one, we took off, and, and I was able to advance and move forward. And I started in the teens, and I was able to drive into the top ten to get stage points. Um, and there were a couple other guys that were coming back to me, and I'm like, okay, I, I feel really good. And, and I, I, was, I felt like we were a small adjustment away from being really competitive. Um, and then, geez, it... it it just uh, completely fell apart in the second stage. I took off, and, and the balance was not good at all, and uh, the long run was terrible. I completely died on the long run and, and almost went a lap down, and um, I, I'm sure everybody on, on the 20 team was extremely frustrated and uh, were ready to throw the towel in, and then, uh, you know, a couple good adjustments and, and a big, big break with the yellow flag for sure. You know, if that yellow flag doesn't happen, then uh, I, I don't – I certainly don't win, and I probably don't even sniff the top ten. So uh, we did catch a huge break in the third stage. Your crew chief tells you to kind of – I forget exactly what he said, but your response is like, I guess I need to fight harder. Like when your crew chief says something like that to you and to elicit a response like that from you, what, what are you thinking internally? Yeah, I mean, that was just me uh, boiling over with frustration. And, and I try to not do that. You know, I try to keep my temper um, as, as controlled as I – could, but in that moment, I uh, I did smart off to him, and I apologized to Adam for that. But uh, his old drivers probably gave him a lot worse, so <laughs> I shouldn't feel too bad. <laughs> Three wins in the last basically must-win situations, right? If you go back to last year, and so what is it? What is it about you in these situations where you're able to thrive? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think that it means anything for me. Um, I, I certainly thrive on pressure, and I love it, and I live for those type of moments. Um, and that's why I last week hurt so bad, because I, I live for those moments. Whenever you have an opportunity to make a to, – to be great. And uh, I, I, it didn't work last week, and that, was, that really, really hurt me. But, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's more so a credit to the team, you know, my uh, – to, to come into – the Charlotte Road Course, and I know I've said this a million times, but to go into Charlotte Road Course in a must-win situation whenever we sucked on road courses all year and then to have the car capability that we had, same thing at Martinsville. And, and now, um, you know, the round of eight, basically every race is a must-win in the round of eight with our point situation. Uh, so we, Vegas was amazing, certainly had a car capable of winning, and then, uh, you know, a, a huge, huge turn of events from stage two to stage three, uh, this this week to get our car to where I, I could you know maintain my track position and uh, and win the race. Okay, come on up front to Holly. Hi, Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. That was kind of along the lines of my question, but do you consider yourself this clutch guy? I mean, do you look forward to having that opportunity to bring it on like that? And are you kind of like that, generally speaking, in life? Have you been like that before? Well, I don't want to be put in those positions. It's not like I sit here and try to be put in, you know, in a in a pinch. It was very nice in the round of 12 this year to have a good Texas and then just be able to survive, right? Once I uh, got that good finish at Texas, Talladega was just okay, just collect our points. And then Charlotte Road Course, same thing, collect our points. Uh, that certainly is a lot easier, but um, they're not always like that. And, and we've had uh, – 
we've been really blessed and, and fortunate to, you know, be able to execute in these positions, and I'm just proud of, of the effort from everybody around me because it's, uh, it, you know, I'm just a small piece of, of what the success is. No, I, I would rather I would I would rather I would rather be the regular season championship and be able to cruise in on points. But uh, and, and at Phoenix, I would I would rather have a five second lead and 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 just cruise. You know, I don't want to have to be put in those positions. But I do I do live for those moments. I, I love the um, I love being great and uh, or trying to be great, I should say. And and I yeah I, I'm I love it. Right. Let's go ahead and go to the back, and then we'll come over here. Trent with FrenchTrash.com. Uh, we have a uh, legend retiring this season, and Kevin Harvick, who earned the nickname the closer, the closer, and everything. You, you in these high-pressure situations, sort of locking it up when you need to. Do you feel like you're carrying on that legacy in your own way uh, as you continue your your career as a young driver? Um, I don't know. I mean, it. It. You know, Harvick is obviously one of the greatest to ever do it. So I, I am. A far stretch from that, but uh, I, I am proud of what I've been able to accomplish. I guess is the right way to say it. But you know, I, I don't think that anybody will be the closer. You know, that's Kevin's motto. That's what he did, and uh, hopefully, I'm Christopher Bell. Okay, can we go over here now? Hey, Christopher, Kenneth Bueno, Kaplan News at FIU. First of all, congratulations on the win from Homestead to lock yourself into the championship four. You're now returning to that very round that you were last year where unfortunately you fell short. How mentally do you change this approach to the second championship four as opposed to this first one? What did you learn from that first championship four experience that could help you at Phoenix in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, you're always more prepared whenever you get into situations for the second time. And um, so I feel like we're going to be better than what we were last last year and, and that was a bad race for us you know we were in the final four but we just did not have the pace uh, that we needed to to compete for for that event and then phoenix won this year we improved dramatically on it and i would say phoenix won this year was our best phoenix race in the next gen era so uh, I, I have way more confidence going into phoenix this year than i did last year and uh yeah i mean it's it's one race and and we just have to go out there and execute Let's come up front to Lee, and then over to Dustin. I'm kind of curious about you being able to get these clutch wins. I mean, it's like, you know, last year it was just like, ma not magical, because it was clearly talent, but what is it about you that you can just kind of step up when it's necessary to do what, what you need to do? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that it's anything, that, there's no, there is no magic in it. it it's... Um, Fortunately, I, I fortunately or unfortunately, I've been put in a lot of these positions growing up, and I think it's just a credit to me uh, driving professionally for as long as I have. And and you know, you're you you improve on things every time you you get into that position. So you know, it, it my first walk-off win was Charlotte, what Charlotte Road Course, and that was certainly not the first high-pressure event that I've been in in my career. So. Uh, you learn from it and you get better every time and, and I just credit it to you know my my racing background and uh, being a professional racer long before I entered into the NASCAR series uh, I mean he's proven that he has the same mentality the same will the same capability uh, and, and I'm very fortunate to drive for him you know he's a two-time champion for a reason so he's had plenty of his moments where he didn't fold under the pressure all right, let's go over here to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. I had a couple questions, but I want to check back on something you just said. Uh, and you talk about uh, you felt like Phoenix in the spring was the best race in the next-gen era. Do you mean just at that track, or do you mean in the next-gen, in the two years, that was the best race? Even though you Well, the best race for me, my group. Um, the Phoenix 1 last year was terrible for me. I was really slow, and then Phoenix 2 wasn't much better. So... Uh, <coughs> Frankly, we weren't competitive at Phoenix last year uh, as a 20 car. And then Phoenix won 2023. I, I felt really competitive. I, I don't even remember what happened in that race, but I remember uh, it, was a, it was a good showing for us. So I feel much more confident going into Phoenix 2 now than I did last year. And, and you talked about 
the disappointment last week, and obviously I know what you, the thing you know talked about feeling, like, hey, maybe was this the golden ticket uh, last week uh, at, at Vegas? Look, I know you, you've done this a long time, so you understand the the highs and lows. But I'm curious, how long did it take to kind of turn the page from that? Because I, I get the sense, even when you talked to us earlier in the week, that there was still that element there that I don't think you know, we hear drivers say, hey, come Monday, I turn it off. I guess I'd question, I'm not sure if you were able to turn it off by Monday yet. Yeah, I mean, not not really. You know, you're all, I always uh, am thinking of, you know, what I – or thinking of races in, pa in the past, and, and I don't have a light switch, right? Like, I'm not going to just – light switch off and on to the next week so um but fortunately whenever i get in the moment and i get in the in the car for practice or qualifying that i think that's whenever i'm like you know focusing on the task at hand and you know we had a couple simulator sessions this week so uh it, it's not a light switch but certainly by the time you get to the racetrack it, it's it's focusing on the, the task that's in front of you and also uh, joe talked earlier before you came in is in, in going to phoenix having the opportunity to win the championship, but also talked about certainly last year and, and basically said there are, there are going to be memories. And I am not even going to suggest that a championship replaces the loss of someone's family member. But the idea that you will be able to go back to Phoenix, potentially maybe lift the spirits in some way, what, what does that mean considering all that happened last year? Yeah, last that year family? was just a, a whirlwind of emotions. You know, going in there in my first championship four, it was very, you know, exciting and happy, and uh, it flipped very quickly on Sunday morning. So it, it is, you know, a huge moment to be in the final four, and, and I hope that I'm able to execute, but... Uh, I don't ever want to relive those, you know, those, uh, the shocking news that, that, you know, got, I guess, told upon us hours before you got to go perform at your highest at the most important race of your career. Um, so that was not ideal. And uh, I look forward to re having, having that moment again and, and hopefully under d different circumstances this time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to, uh, you know, have him around and and you know last year was uh, just insane like unheard of and uh it'll definitely be a lot better this year okay we finish up with one last question in the back tim reynolds of the associated press congratulations on the win you. you understand of course what the six guys who are still in the running for the two spots you know what their minds are going to be like this coming week what even though you guys Obviously, you're all trying to win every week. How does the mindset change when you're going into this this last race, knowing you need a result to have a chance to win the thing? What what changes in your mind? What will change in their minds I'm this week? I'm stay home next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it it definitely it, it your outlook for the race is completely different. And, and your so if the strategy presents itself an opportunity to flip the stages and get track position, you take it because you're not worried about points. Uh, it, you, yeah, I mean, if you, those guys have a lot more to race for than what I do now going into Martinsville. So, um, the mentality is completely different for them than it is for me. And, and you just have to be aware of that. And, uh, you know, it, it, being able to focus on just winning the race and not having to score points definitely has its benefits. And, uh, that's where we're at. So. Uh, I think that you know we we should be really competitive next week. Martinsville is is obviously a good track for me, and and um, I look forward to going there and, and having a week with no pressure. All right, Christopher, thanks for coming in. Good luck the rest of this season. Thank you. All right, Christopher Bale, punching his ticket for the Phoenix guys. Now we're gonna get to battle it out. What four will make it to the championship? Uh, you know, Chris Busher won, winning two in a row. Martin Truex. Will Denny Hamlin finally capture that championship? Or uh, will Tyler Reddick make it, man? The three good drivers, four good drivers there. Only one of them, two of them out of that group is going to advance on to the championship, so 
it should be a fun, wild time. We plan on, Daytona Tom and I plan on being there Friday morning, live from Phoenix. We've got to get Martinsville over, but man, went to the Keys this weekend. I'm telling you, fantasy week is absolutely fantasy week. Nothing like getting homestead over and going down to the Keys. That's going to be my uh, regular I think that I'm putting that on the stop. You do Homestead, you either go to Keys first and do Homestead or do Homestead and go to the Keys. I think next year we're going to go from four. But uh, I want to thank Scott and Bill from Red 38 Mafia with me. We had a great time. It was really fun riding around, going scooter riding in Key West with them. Get ready, guys. We, we're planning for uh, Daytona right now. Uh, got a couple of things we're going to throw out there to try to bring, get people in the infield more involved in what's going on. Uh, maybe bring out a few drivers this year. It's going to be a great time. We'll have tickets to give away for the 24 hours and also for, for the Daytona 500. It gives you time to make plans. But that, that that's coming up here in the near future. January, February, so uh, get ready, folks. we got to get this 2023 season over in Phoenix. Looking forward to it. Everybody at Homestead, I want to say thank you. We didn't have a show Monday morning because of logistics. It was tough to do logistic-wise. But we're back on it. we got Christopher Bell, Carson Hosevar, and Sam Mayer on. Good to hear Joe. Joe's, it wowed me. 32 years and five victories in, as far as cup championships. It's like you said, it's not easy. All right, guys. Hey, uh, appreciate you joining in. Appreciate you listening to the show. If you're not subscribed to my page, uh, need, need to hit the TikTok and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. So we're going to take it on out of here, guys. We got to get ready for homestead. We're ready. They come in time. I'll be over his house probably Tuesday. Help him with the uh, number nine mean machine. He'll have the party deck available. Come February. As always, we blow the horn when we go, folks. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. You know the routine. Let that light shine. You headed to Marksville, have fun, enjoy it. And if you headed to Phoenix, look me up. We're going to Rattlesnake here. We've got to find out where the Pacific parking lot is. Never been the fattest of weeks. You ain't been no good. You can be crazy in that. I don't know. Somebody take me. Somebody take me. Alright, guys. See you.